This is the Hockey Podcast Network, your home for hockey talk on every team in the NHL. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to episode 64 of the Clean Skate Podcast, a Dallas Stars podcast brought to you by the Hockey Podcast Network. And ladies and gentlemen, this is not a drill. By the time that this episode comes out, the Dallas Stars will be playing meaningful hockey again. And I know the Dallas Stars played this week, and we will get to that later in this episode, but we all know that game was an exhibition game, and there were some other extenuating circumstances to where I don't really feel like the result that we had in this last Thursday's game is what we will see come Monday versus the Golden Knights. Speaking of the Golden Knights, you will want to stick around because later in this episode for this week's interview, we have Andrew Choi from the Vegas Nightly Podcast. He will be joining me a little bit later. We are going to be talking about that game one matchup for the Stars and the Knights going head-to-head in that top four round-robin tournament. But before we get to that, I do want to, however, go through and talk about Thursday's game versus the Predators because, you know, while I don't think we should put too much value in it because, again, it was an exhibition game, I think there are some you know, big learning elements we can take away from that game. Listen, the Stars lost 2-0, all right? I'm going to break it to you early. If you didn't watch the game, the Stars got shut out by the Predators. UC Saros was in net for half of the game, a little over half of the game, and so uh, he does it to us again. You will remember back when we were playing regular season games that the Predators shut us out. UC Saros shut us out on back-to-back, home-and-home versus the Nashville Predators. Uh, I think that was in January, but don't quote me on that. So going into this one, however, we are having Bishop start, and as I predicted, Saros was in net for the Predators. However, Tyler Sagan was deemed unfit to play for this one. They didn't really go into any more details on that. All we know is that he is not going to be playing in Thursday night's exhibition match, and he was replaced by forward Ty Delandria, uh, one of our rookies. And you know what? Delandria only played about 10 minutes this whole game. But for a rookie who hasn't really played a much at this level, I thought he looked better and better as the game went on. And even in his post-game interview, he was talking about, you know, getting more comfortable with the game and that level of play. And you know what? I It's really hard to predict how rookies are going to turn out, but I've got a good feeling about Ty Delandra. And I think that the fact that he is, you know, he played in this exhibition match, which is huge experience for him. And he's going to be a part of this whole experience in the bubble with all these players. He's going to be practicing with them, which he doesn't normally do. Normally he would be practicing with the Texas stars. And so I think this is really, really going to help Delandra and, you know, all the rookies that are able to participate in this whole bubble hockey thing that we're doing. I think that's really going to help their development just to see how the pros prepare and go about it in game days and just the way to be professional. Like this is one of the best times for rookies to learn those little intricate details right now. You know, when things for them, at least because they're not getting into games, we might not see Ty Delandria at all 
and I hope not at all because that means we'll have some injuries on the stars if we see him in games. And so there's no real pressure or or pace for him to pick this stuff up. He's able to just sit, watch, and learn and absorb the information he's learning from these pros like a sponge. However, back to the game at hand, it did not get out to a great start. The Predators were all over the stars. They were out shooting us at one point. I think it was six to nothing throughout the first five minutes. And Three minutes and 53 seconds in, Victor Arvidsson scores on the power play. It's one of those plays where the Stars aren't able to clear the zone. They lose a puck battle along the boards. It comes down to Matt Duchesne. Matt Duchesne tries to walk it out in front. It's a good save from Bishop. The puck is then sort of bounced out to the slot. It's a shot back on. Another big save by Bishop. And then he is just flopping all over the place. I will say... Bishop got a lot better as the game went on, but in the first period, and especially the first 10 minutes of the first period, Bishop was flopping. He he didn't look steady. He was making saves, but he looked shaky and and sort of unsure every time the puck hit him, and so that was making... He did get better, so I'm not worried about Bishop at the end, but the first 10 minutes definitely had me worrying about Bishop, and unfortunately, the first period continued to go not great for the stars we continue to get outplay andrew cogliano left uh with about five minutes left in the first period injured he did not return and we haven't had an update on his injury yet so i hope he will be ready for monday because that is a big he's a big depth piece like he's a role player the team loves him and he really has got some wheels and he's a big penalty killer too so i really hope that he is fit to play on Monday. And the shots at the end of the first period were 10 to 6 for Nashville. We did manage to pull into it, but like I said, the Predators were out shooting us all night long and the first period definitely set a tone for the way the rest of the game was going to go. However, I will give the Stars credit. They did have a really good pushback in the first half of the second period and then things started to slow down a little bit. Um, and Victor Arvidsson scores his second of the game halfway through the second period. Andre Sekera tries to, you know, skate the puck up, and he is dispossessed of the puck in the neutral zone. It's a quick turnaround, which leads to a two-on-one with Steven Johns. And one, Sekera is definitely at fault for this goal because he was dispossessed in the neutral zone. He didn't get the puck deep, and he was pickpocketed from behind. So that's on him. But the bigger issue that I saw is, as if you go and watch the play, Sekera is leaving the zone. He's in the neutral zone already before he's lost the puck. And no forward has recognized that one of our defensemen has been skating forward and covered for him. So when he gets dispossessed and doesn't get the puck in deep and the Predators are able to turn around, all of a sudden it's a sort of half two-on-one, half three-on-two with Forsberg, Johansson, and Arvidsson with only Steven Johns back. And it's a pass over to Arvidsson. Arvidsson tries to pass it back across, and it deflects off of John's skate and five-hole through Bishop to give the Preds their 2-0 lead. A little under 10 minutes in the second period, both teams decide to switch goalies. So Anton Hudobin comes in for the Stars, and Pecorine will come in for the Predators. And the shots at the end of the second period are 21-18 for Nashville. The third period is a pretty solid third period. You know, we managed to slow Nashville up a little bit. They did get some chances, but the Stars just, again, th- that offense, that creativity was definitely lacking. Grianov and Hintz looked good, but f- other than that, there wasn't really any danger from any of the other lines, which is sort of concerning to hear. And unfortunately, we are down two goals, and now we're relying on our offense to dig us out of this two-goal hole 
And as we've been seeing all during the regular season and in this exhibition match, our offense is severely lacking, especially with Sagan out of the lineup. And we lose this one 2-0. Like I said, the shots at the end were 27-25. to We went 0-3 on the power play and 2-3 on the penalty kill. Bishop stopped 16 of 18 shots and Hudobin was perfect 9-4-9. And listen, like I said, I don't think we should put too much stock in this loss. It's a 2-0 exhibition loss to the Predators, who we're not even going to have to play until the actual Stanley Cup playoffs start. So I'm not too worried, but the fact that they beat us and then shut us out and we didn't look dangerous all night. Like I said, that creativity, that that just that fluidness in the offensive zone didn't look good. Um, all of our real good chances were from Gurionov or Hints off the rush. Other than that, you know what? I think that we played a solid defensive game. There were obviously some lapses, but that's what the exhibition game is for. And like I said, Bishop was strong. Hudobin was perfect. So I'm not worried about them in the least in that regard. So now before I take you guys over to this week's interview, I want to play just a quick little clip for you guys from the Sporty with Corey and Richie show. That is the Arizona Coyotes podcast here at the hockey podcast network i highly suggest you guys check it out and you guys might even recognize one of those voices in that show i had richie on as a guest earlier in the season i highly suggest you guys go check out that episode as well and be sure to check out their podcast and to follow them on twitter at cory underscore richie show i'm cory francois i'm richie suave flores and this is Sporty with Corey and Richie Suave. On the Hockey Podcast Network. What did I just listen to? Oh, f- this game. This game, is, this game is just bullshit now. Oh my gosh. I actually, they actually made me feel uncomfortable. What was it? Panty what? The game has gone to bullshit. Panty melted? Why do we record these during the middle of games? Oh, God. Be sure to listen to Corey and I every Monday. We are your go-to source for the Arizona Coyotes on the Hockey Podcast Network. All right, everyone. And on this week's Clean Skate Podcast, we have a first-time guest and brand-new member of the Hockey Podcast Network. We've got Andrew Choi from the Vegas Nightly Podcast. Uh, welcome to a Cleanscape podcast. Oh, thanks. I appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. I'm uh, looking forward to our game on Monday. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously that is uh, why I'm talking to you because the first game uh, that, that actually means something for Vegas and Dallas uh, since the restart is going to be against each other. So I guess uh, we'll start there. Uh, what are your thoughts? What are you expecting from that game? Um, so I... I honestly, I'm not sure because of what's been going on with all this uh, exhibition games and how everybody's been playing. You know, obviously everybody's rusty and this is like one of the longest off seasons anybody's had, especially if they were like a playoff team every season for the last few seasons, which I know both the Stars and the Golden Knights were at least this past season. So, so, you know, coming into this, uh, this kind of huge pause is going to be very interesting to see how good or sloppy both of our teams are. Um, I saw, I watched some of the Dallas Nashville exhibition uh, game as well as obviously the Vegas, Arizona ones. I thought like both of the teams look pretty good. So it's just going to be very interesting because they always match up interestingly to get uh, against each other. Um, Marc-Andre Fleury obviously has been very, very good against Dallas. I don't think he's actually lost against Dallas since he started on the Golden Knights, but um we also, you know, obviously have Robin Leonard now, so I'm very interested to see which goalie they actually play on Monday. 
Yeah, so that is that obviously, and I think in my opinion, the, the Dallas Stars and the Vegas Golden Knights have the top two goalie tandem, like the best, like, and obviously that's a bit of a homer side, but what Anton Hudobin's done for, for Dallas has been amazing. But you guys bring in Robin Leonard to add to an already amazing goaltender in Marc-Andre Fleury. And so now you are obviously I think for Dallas, we, we know who our starter is going to be going into that first one. But y- you over there in Vegas have, like you said, it's sort of up in the air. So do you have a, a maybe a gut feeling on who they're going to start? So it's funny. Uh, my my other uh, one of my co-hosts for the Vegas Nightly podcast, uh, Dave, went on the Red Wings podcast to try to get them to be uh, Golden Knights fans for the, the, their offseason here. Um, so, you know, we were talking about it there. And that is such a tough question. You know, obviously our fan base is absolutely in love with Marc-Andre Fleury. And how can you not love the guy? He's like one of the like, faces of the NHL these days. He's always smiling. Um, they just actually came out with a new shot on iPhone commercial that actually dropped like this morning. Um, yeah, I actually saw that. That It was, it was very good. Quite funny. Yeah, yeah it's, it's funny. You know, Marc-Andre Fleury is being himself, doing cartwheels on the ice. So, you know, everybody loves him. But at the same time, he is a liability, especially versus certain teams. Dallas doesn't happen to be one of those teams, but if you look at how he played against Colorado all season this past season, he was he was a mess. It's like ever since Pierre Edward Bellemare got went from Vegas to Colorado, like they they know Fleury's cheat codes or something. So, mm-hmm. Because you know it, it just it looks bad whenever they're playing against them. But um, you know for for this one, I think that they'll go with Fleury um, solely because if you look at his underlying stats against Dallas, it's been really solid since he's been part of the Golden Knights. And so I, I also caught a bit of, a, of the uh, Vegas Coyotes game. And um, one of the things they were talking about is there was no Max, Max Pacioretty in that lineup. Is he expected to go for Monday's game? Um, so we actually had Justin Emerson of the Las Vegas Sun in our recording um, just yesterday or last night. And we were talking about that in detail because he gets to do the pressers with uh, Pete DeBoer and, and all that. So, you know, we were discussing that. And there's a chance that Max Pacioretty is on a plane this weekend on a private charter to, you know, fly into Edmonton and get into the bubble and start playing. We don't think that's actually going to happen because nobody's heard anything about it. So the, the biggest thing is, I don't think that we'll have him, but it sounds like you guys might not have Tyler Sagan either. Um, so, yes. Yeah, so uh, that, that's a good point. So we were missing Sagan in the game versus Nashville. Um, I, I couldn't tell you, I, I expect him to be there. He's with the team. He, he, he's in the bubble. Um, so it, it's not, I actually didn't realize Patch Reddy wasn't with the team at all. Um, so, it, so he's with the team and in the bubble. So I expect Sagan to start. Um, I think it was just one of those precautionary things. We're we're playing Nashville. You don't really know how that's game that game's gonna go because there was a little bit of a rivalry there. And there and from some of the other exhibition games, there was no no lack of intensity to those to those <laughs> games. So uh I think, you know, I think he might have not been feeling great and they they held him out, but I fully expect Sagan to be there. And so I mean, but keeping with that, so with Pacioretty out of the lineup, I mean that significantly uh, makes the depth of your wingers a little bit off and um patch already scored how can you forget that amazing overtime winner versus the, the stars this this season uh, he completely de bishop out of his pants so i mean that's that's a huge loss of offense what will the knights do to sort of counteract that 
so they put um, they they moved the the lines around a little bit where it it was supposed to be Pacioretty with William Carlson and Mark Stone. Um, right now they've been playing Chandler Stevenson in that position, who we got over from the Washington Capitals earlier this season. Um, which, by the way, he's having a career year, and we paid a fifth round pick for him, and he's an RFA, so that was the most amazing deal. Which that fifth round pick was basically what we got for Nick Law and trading Hala to the uh, Hurricanes. So. Yeah, we're doing well with these trades, um, but aside, that's a, a, besides the point of um, Stevenson will be there, which moves Nick Cousins up to a third line left wing. Um, and ultimately, that means that Tomasz Nosek is actually going to be playing because normally if Pacioretty was here, it would move Stevenson to the third line where Cousins is and Cousins to the fourth line center. So, you know, we're a little bit lighter on depth because of it. And Pacioretty, obviously, it, when he comes in, makes the first, the third, and the fourth line better than they are today. But I am very confident because we have basically two first lines on this team because you have your second line is uh, Jonathan Marchessault, Paul Stastny, and Riley Smith. And Riley Smith scored a shorthanded and a power play goal in that Arizona game. He looks really thirsty. Gorgeous goals. Gorgeous goals. Oh, absolutely. Alex Tuck's goal, though. Oh, my God. I I don't think he could do that again if he tried. Like, that, it was, it was just a desperation, like, shot on the net. But how how like picture perfect was that goal yeah top corner i mean he wasn't even looking at the net his back was to the the net he just spun and whipped it <laughs> it, it was one of those flukes that you wish actually counted for something <laughs> so it's going to be interesting i'm quite interested to see how how the game goes because obviously uh you guys ended up shutting out the coyotes in that game and on the flip side of that the stars were shut out which uh, it seems at least from a star's perspective that's sort of the way the season ha has gone that that sort of lack of offense so it, it seems to be at least in for the most part most playoffs playoff matchups that we're going to have here with the stars they're going to be at a disadvantage for offense whereas their defense and their goaltending is going to be you know th their strong point so what would you say going into this is the 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 uh, Vegas's like largest strength going in, into into these uh, matchups? So even without Pacioretty, I think the essentially Vegas has built a team entirely consisting of two way forwards. Um, I think that's going to make the biggest difference because when you have everybody being defensively minded but also able to score, it's 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 absolutely insane. I I'm still surprised at how this roster ended up turning out. For well, season. Mark Stone is one of the best in the game at that, if not absolutely. the best. Yeah, and, and he'll always get snubbed because he's not a center for that Selkie, but someday he better win that because, I mean, the guy is just he's, – he's a student of the game. You, you watch how he plays, and he'll steal the puck from somebody who doesn't even realize the puck's gone for a good second afterwards. See, it's hard for me to cheer against Vegas. I was I was on the Vegas fan like fan bandwagon right, right from the beginning when, when they came into the league, and they've got a lot of – I don't know, just likable guys that, you know, because sometimes I'm not a fan of teams. I'm just a fan of players. But, like, it's hard to not be a fan of the Golden Knights, at least for me, when they've got guys like Mark Stone and Marc-Andre Fleury that are just – they're such fun guys, you know, and, and likable guys that you just look at and you're like, oh, man, they're just – they're so nice. It makes you want to, like, wish that you had, like, an in to just hang out with them as people. Like – that's the biggest thing is this team, um, you look at the social media, you look at all the articles that are written, most of the team, almost like 90 something percent of them stayed in Vegas during the entire quarantine and lockdown for COVID um, because they all are such a tight knit community um, and they, they wanted to like, A, be able to like hang out when, they're, when they were able, 
but B, also be able to get back to training and practice as soon as possible. So they basically is the day that the NHL said, okay, phase one or whatever is open, you can skate in small groups. Um, I think that was phase one or phase two, whichever phase that was, um, they were able to do it like immediately and with like most of the team like alternating throughout all the, all the practice rings here. So it was great. And I, so I, I saw another stat as well that Vegas has the most Canadian players on, on it. So now yeah, the, yeah, we're the Canadian so, Golden Knights. <laughs> yeah, so the, the Canadian Golden Knights here. So do you expect maybe the fact that they're playing in Canada for this entire time to be a factor? You know, I, I don't think so. It, I was actually kind of um, – it was interesting because there, everybody thought that one of the bubble cities was going to be Vegas and not mm-hmm. in, in, Yeah, in, that's and, true. And then, you know, America blew up. So, obviously, there, there's no safe place in this entire country basically at this point, and that's understandable. I, I don't think that it's going to make a huge difference in Canada, mostly because I think there's a lot of Winnipeg boys on, a, on our team, and then the rest are from, like, uh, and then there's a lot of French speakers, but not so much from like the Alberta area. I don't. Mm, okay, so so they're not they're not too excited to be playing in uh, in Edmonton there. No, apparently up there they think that like 80 degrees is hot. So like, yeah, I think I think they were ready for like full on desert hockey, and and now they have to settle for really humid like warm hockey instead. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So now looking at the other matchups, obviously not not the Vegas Stars, but looking ahead, I mean, like you said, we've. All of us have to have to play the Blues at some point, and, and the Avalanche and each other. How do you uh, uh, how do you predict the Vegas to match up against the other teams? All right, let me pull up my prediction sheet here because we uh, we actually on the podcast yesterday did a uh, an entire uh, prediction, and we actually built out a little bracket. So Carlo, my one of our co-hosts, is a graphic designer and uh, and just an overall like visual designer by trade. So he built out this really cool thing. I actually posted it on the Hawk uh, Podcast's uh, internal group chat. So let me open that up here real quick and see what we got. I already forgot about exactly what the matchups looked like since last night. Um, I was basically just throwing things around. So I had Vegas as first seed. Um, I had Colorado as second. I had Blues as third and Dallas as fourth. And the reason that I left Dallas as the fourth seed was because Basically, you were already in the fourth seed if it were just completely natural. And I felt that this matchup is going to be interesting enough on Monday where if Vegas wins, it's going to make it really tough for Dallas to get out of the four. So, so I looked at, you know, because obviously Dallas is in that four hole. And I, I talked to, um, oh man, I'm, I'm blanking on. But I talked to my guest last week and um, uh, the Colorado guys. Uh, the offside by a mile. Um, I talked to them and I was saying that since Dallas is in that four seed, they're sort of playing with house money right now because they can only go up in the seeding anyways. Um, and Vegas obviously can, has the potential to drop down one, but again, th- there's more ahead of them than behind them. So do you, I mean, obviously you put Vegas ahead. So do you feel like the Vegas, the Vegas is in kind of a, an ideal spot to move up? Yeah, and the reason that I, I felt that way is because of how Vegas played in this exhibition game versus how all three of the other teams played. I mean, Dallas got shut out, the Blues got shut out, and Colorado hung on for dear life against the Wild. So, I, and Vegas just looked like they were ready. They, they were out there, and they were missing one of their key players and still looked elite. So, I, I mean, I know it was just an exhibition game, and uh, especially probably the Blues didn't look like they took it seriously at all. But at the same time, that's your only game to warm up this stuff so 
if you're not taking it seriously, you're doing your, your own team a disservice. So that was kind of how I felt is if Vegas was coming in with that much, like that much skill and, and ability, they've been really, really wanting this and they're going to try as hard as they can to get that one seed. Well, and I mean, like you were saying, I mean, that St. Louis game versus Chicago was the only game that didn't go the way I expected it to. Um, obviously, I would have liked the Stars to win, but they got shut out, and I can't say I'm surprised. And then, because honestly, and the last two times we played Nashville, we'd been shut out in the regular season by Soros back-to-back. Um, so I was they, – they shut us out again. The Predators have had our number all season, so they shut us out. That's exactly how I expected it to go. Um, I thought the Avalanche would beat the Wild a little bit more, but I still expected them to win. Uh, you guys shut out the Arizona Coyotes exactly as I expected. And then that St. Louis Blues game was the outlier. I walked in that and I was like, oh, they're going to just crush the, the Hawks. And then the complete opposite happened. So, uh, well, it was elite goaltender Malcolm Subban who came over from Vegas. That's why. <laughs> that, uh, that, I forgot. That's right. Do you, do you expect um, those results to hold or do you think St. Louis – you know, it's going to turn it on. Uh, I don't, I'm, I'm not sure. So we were talking about this yesterday too. And we all think that at some point, the ceiling is going to come crashing in the playoffs on Binnington. Like he can't always be perfect. And, and, you know, we saw it during this regular season. I mean, uh, there was one game where St. Louis played Vegas here in Vegas. And I was actually at this game. I think it was in like mid January or early January. And the blues had a three Oh lead in the, at the start of the game, like first period within like the first 10 minutes of the first period, Vegas clawed back to win in overtime and, and it was against Bennington. And so, yeah, I mean, he, he's going to go through the things that every other goalie has gone through. He can't have that kind of season, like, you know, forever. So I, I kind of expect that to happen sometime during these playoffs. I just don't know when. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Listen, uh, I don't have any other questions for you. You have been an absolute blast. So I will give this opportunity to you now. Uh, you guys have anything you're working on over there at Vegas Nightly? You have the floor. Yeah, so uh, so we've po- been posting a lot. We have a, a contest right now to get to 500 followers. We just extended it to, to actually to right before the Stars Vegas game on Monday. Um, so once we get there, we're going to uh, basically just do a little quick retweet contest on a Alex Tuck jersey. Um, so aside from that, we had, like I said earlier, Justin Emerson from the Las Vegas Sun on for uh, this week's podcast. This next week, we're going to have uh, AJ and Jack from the Golden Knights Watch podcast, who are buddies of ours here as a, a fan podcast for Vegas. They're, uh, I don't know if you have like one of these groups in, in the Dallas uh, community, but these guys are like our prospect experts. They all, all they like to do is go and research prospects, not to say the only thing they do, but that's like their, their strength. So we love to have them on. Awesome. Awesome. And if you guys want to follow them on Twitter, you can follow them at Vegas nightly on Twitter. Uh, because, uh, like you said, you're dropping that Alex Tuck Jersey. Is there any way maybe I can get in on that? Cause I wouldn't mind. I mean, go ahead and, uh, you know, follow us retweet and you never know. We we're going to do a drawing and, uh, going to be, going to be fair about it. Just pick from somebody who retweets and is following us. So, uh, I'm sure it'll be a one in 500 chance. Awesome. Well, uh, I'll have to get in on that. And uh, I listen, I appreciate you coming on and chatting and best of luck, but not too much luck. <laughs> well, you too, man. And, and you know what? I, the, the coolest thing about this is that either way, neither of our teams are knocked out by this next game. So we can both enjoy whatever happens and still not feel too terrible about the next steps. Amen.
And there it is. I hope you guys enjoyed that interview. Again, huge thanks to Andrew for coming on. And if you want to follow them on Twitter, that is at Vegas Nightly on Twitter. Uh, like he said uh, in the interview, there is a potential for a Alex Tuck giveaway. So if you guys are interested in winning an Alex Tuck jersey, I highly suggest you go and follow them on Twitter. Again, that's at Vegas Nightly. And that is going to do it, folks. I'm going to wrap this one up, keep it a nice, short, sweet episode so you guys can hopefully watch the Dallas Stars beat the Golden Knights in Game 1 on Monday uh, when you guys are listening to this and when this episode is released. I am super, super excited. Be ready for a hyped-up next episode this following Monday. Uh, The Stars will have played a few games, and we will know how they stand a little bit better in this top four seeding round robin play. I am super excited. I'm going to put a prediction on it. I bet the Stars finish third. I think the Stars will probably take at least one game. And like I've been saying for the last two weeks, the Stars are playing with house money right now. They're coming in as the fourth seed. They can't drop any lower. All they can do is go up. So I think it's a pretty safe bet that the Stars will win at least one game and they'll be able to jump up into that third seed and hopefully get a little bit of an easier match matchup in game one of the playoffs but that is going to do it for this week's episode thank you very much for listening go dallas stars get ready get the jerseys out get the flags out we are starting this wagon off hot all right i don't want to see any negativity come game one all right this is going to be a all out dallas stars victory i I can just feel it in my bones don't forget to subscribe to this podcast on Apple Podcasts or on Google Play, wherever you're listening to this. That does a ton for the show. And be sure to follow this show on Twitter. That is at CleanSkatePod so that you guys can keep up to date because I will be screaming tweets into the internet ether come Monday and game one. And I will talk to you cowpokes in the next one.